0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And also we'll jump over to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Then we'll jump over to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And we'll get into the word of the Lord today. I believe God will help us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, And God said, somebody said, and God said. Who said it? You didn't say it. I didn't say it. Who said it? Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, verse Genesis, 20, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I don't know about you, but I I read the Bible and I believe the Bible because when I read the Bible, whatever the Bible says, uh, it's always confirmed through what happens. And so the Bible says that God created us, God formed us, and we became a living soul. So today I'm here to tell you that we are made in God's image. We are made in God's image. You didn't come from a monkey. You didn't come from space. You didn't come from outer space. You didn't come. You didn't just exist. But God made you. You're standing here, breathing here today because God made you. And so I'm asking you today to just Give your mind some, some some thought to that today to say God really made me. Now I know God didn't make you in here but the first man and the first woman that ever walked this earth was made by God and only people can begat people. Dogs begat dogs and cats begat cats and mangoes begat mangoes and whatever you want. But, but, but God created us and we became a people and only we can produce each other. And so we came from God. We're made in God's image. Look at your neighbor and say, you're made in God's image. Look at somebody else and say, oh, you're made in God's image. That is no little thing to just begin to think about when you think about that you're made in God's image. God made you like him. You know what the word image really means? It means you are the copy of God. You are the, the, the when someone look at you, they're supposed to see the image of God. Don't get quiet on me now. That's been a big responsibility that you have been been given, that, that when God created you, he created you to look like him and be like him. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, let the word of the Lord go out and not return unto you void. And I pray that the word of the Lord will accomplish that which you will have it to accomplish. Change hearts and minds. Change lives today because that's what I know you want to do. Deliver and save. Fill somebody today with your spirit. Heal somebody today by your stripe. Today, Lord God, we look to you once more to say, have your way and do what only you can do. That we will not leave here the same way we came in. We ask you these things in Jesus' holy name. Let everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Made in God's image. I'm not made in my father's image. I'm made in God's image. I know I may look like my natural father, but at the end of the day, I'm in, made in the image of God. I like Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I like that. There is a divine connection between your soul and his spirit. There's a divine connection between us, our soul that's within us, and God's spirit. And so God, the word of God says, God formed us. He formed us. He, he, he dug down in the ground and, and took up some dirt and he formed us. But when he formed us, we didn't have any life. He formed us and we were just a statue. And then he breathed and we became a living soul. The word divine means relating or proceeding directly from God. Whenever you hear that word divine, it means that whatever it's relating to, it's something that's proceeding from God or something that relates to God. There is nothing else divine... Only those things that come from God or related to God. So when it says that God breathed and and God formed us, it means that we, we came from God. We have divine in us when God is in us. And so God breathed and we became. So there's something divine about us when God created us. When He created us. Then we talked about Connection. There's a divine connection. What does connection really mean? It means to be joined. It means to be connected, right? To be together. And so when God created us, we became joined with him we are connected to him in order for us to receive life the bible says that god breathed into his nostril and so if god breathes into his nostril it means that now god had to have a close-up god had to be connected and god was in us that's how we became a living soul that's the original way somebody gonna preach with me today we believe God wants each of us to discover and experience and connect with him so we can be empowered to fulfill his purpose for our life. The question is, why did God formed us, make us, breathe into us for us to live? Do we really think God does things just to be doing it like us? Oh, I don't know why I did that. I just did it. How many of us has ever made that statement? I don't know why I did that. I just did it. Can't explain it. Men do that all the time. Yeah, thank you, Brother Wood. At least he's honest. Men do that all the time. Women don't do that as much, but men do that all the time. We just do something. say, I have no idea. I just did it. What are you talking about? I don't know. I just did it. But God doesn't do that. Whatever God does, he does it on purpose and it has meaning. God doesn't waste his words. He just don't say stuff. Everything God does, it has meaning and it has purpose. And so if God created us and breathed into us, and we became who we became, a person in the image of God. It means you have purpose, and it means that there's something for you to fulfill, because God wouldn't have created you. God desire and has always desire. To dwell with us. That should be something that should blow our mind when we think about that. That God desires and always desires to dwell with us. Think about it. God's spirit is is synonymous to life in us. When it says that God breathes into our nostril, what it's saying is God's breath is really His spirit, which became our spirit and gave us life. So we are who we are because God was in us. God was in us. And so God breathed. We became. His desire is to be with us. His desire is to be with you. Does anybody desire to be with God this morning? Because his desire is to be with you. It's always been that way. He didn't bring you here just to let you just hang loose. He brought you here to have a relationship with you. He brought you here so you and him could have a relationship. That's why we are here. God want relationship with you this morning. God wants to be intimate with you this morning. He just doesn't want it to be on Sundays. He just doesn't want it to be on Thursdays or on Saturdays. But God wants to have a relationship where you and Him are together all the time. Where you all are connecting all the time. Where you all are talking all the time. Not just some of the time. I understand this. I do understand this, but that's why God says we must become born again and become a new creature. We'll get to that. But here's what I'm saying that I understand. This is the truth. We have done a poor job at having relationships with each other. And because we've done a poor job at that, we are struggling to have a relationship with God. Because the way how we have relationship with each other is not how God wants to have relationship with us. God don't have relationship like our majority of us have relationship. If God had relationship with us like how most of us have relationship with each other, nobody will have the hope of heaven. All of us could just kiss the baby and say, we're not going. If God had relationship with us the way we have relationship with each other. And so we have to relearn this thing that's called relationship. God is the designer for relationship. And so if we want to know how to have relationship. We're going to have to go to God and let him teach us. And when you're in a learning mode, you are supposed to make yourself vulnerable. Yes. We can't learn and says, I'll take that, but I'm not taking that. There's a reason why the teacher is telling you that. There's a reason why you're being taught what you're being taught in school or wherever you go. And some of it you feel like that's just not important. Can we just get to the, no, 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 no. There's a reason why they developed the curriculum. There's a reason why they put the curriculum together. They have thought about it and they know everything that's needed required that when you're finished with that class, what you should know. Well, why is God any less than human beings? And so God has already put the curriculum together. And God is desiring that you will understand what it takes to have relationship by learning making yourself vulnerable so we can't come to church and you know you know I don't know about that one trust God not the man or the woman that's preaching the word trust God and what God says just be vulnerable to him and says yes Lord I will do it Uh, too uh, too many times we come to church uh, and we'll hear some things and we'll say I like that oh that sounds good preach that preacher but then some Something gets said where you don't feel comfortable about that. You don't like that and you block that out. It makes you unbalanced in relationship. That's why we're suffering in relationship because we're only taking what we want from God. We're only taking what we want from the designer. When he says, I created you in my image, it means we're a copy of him. It means we're supposed to act like him. It means we're supposed to talk like him. It means we're supposed to live like him. How can we do that if we only take some of him and some of what he says? God wants us to be exactly like him, which means we got to take everything that he says. Everything that he tells us to do, we have to do it, and we're going to be just like him. You're made in the image of God. Tell your neighbor, you're made in the image of God. Tell somebody else you're made in the image of God. I'm preaching this to you today because today is all nation Sunday. And God is no respecter of person. And all of us were created in the image of God. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're from Jamaica. I don't care if you're from Africa. I don't care if you're from Asia. I don't care where you're from. We're all created in the image of God. That's what it's all about. God is looking for us to have relationship with each other. Because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. If we're going to be like God wants us to be, then we should be brothers and sisters in Christ. I told somebody the other day, the highest title you can get as a Christian is brother or sister. It's the highest title you can get. Not bishop. Not reverent. Not pastor. So when somebody say, hey, Brother Wayne, I said, hey, what's going on? Oh, I forgot you pastor. Don't worry about me. The highest title you can give me is brother. Because if we're brothers and sisters, it means we got the same daddy. I can be a reverend and not have the same daddy because I'm preaching about a different God. Amen. But when we're brothers and sisters, it means that we believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is our God. We believe that. So it makes us brothers and sisters. So just call me brother and I'm good. That, that that's that's the highest title I can have in God, not bishop, not pastor, but brother. We were made in the image of God. God always desired To be with us. His desire is to dwell with us and to change our lives to become like him. God is wanting to change your life. God is wanting to change my life. He wants us to become like him. His desire is to dwell with us and so we can be holy like him. When God is dwelling with us, he's not dwelling with us so we can be continue to be what we are. Here's what happens. Can I tell you this? The reason why we are not being what God wants us to be is because we don't. Yes. We want to do what we want, how we want, whenever we want, and then get some God. It don't work that way. You got a choice. I told him this at, 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 at Mercer County Correctional Center Friday night when I was teaching. I said, listen, if you don't want to live for God, you don't have to. Who is bending your arm behind your back and say live for God? Who is forcing you to live for God? Nobody can force you to live for God. Nobody can make you serve God. So if you don't want to, why do it? Just don't. Do what you want. Do whatever you want. If you feel like doing it, do it. YOLO. You only live once. You only only live once. You want to do whatever you want. Just do it. If it make you feel good, do it. It's okay. But on the flip side, Julius, if you want to please God, if you want to live for God, then you can't do whatever you want.
1: But here are we. We always
0: think we're so smart. I'm just going to get right in the middle. And that's really what's happening to us. Because some of us decide, yeah, I'm just going to live the way I want, do whatever I want. Yeah, I know, I know I'm know, i not living like God wants me to. I know, I'm, but I'm still just doing what I want, so leave me alone. And that's cool. That's what they want. I'm not mad at them. Then you have these over here, some, very small few. I'm doing everything God wants because that's what he wants from my life. That's what I'm doing. But majority of us go in the middle and say, yeah, today I'm going to do what God wants. Tomorrow I'm going to do what I want. Today I'm going to do what God wants. Tomorrow I'm going to do what I want. And that frustrates you more than you would ever imagine. And that's why we have a lot of struggles in our life. It's because we, we know the truth. We understand what God wants from us. And some days we're going to do it. When the pressure gets to us and things get hard, we decide this is the day I'm going to do it. And as soon as the pressure eases up because we start obeying God, Sister Josephine, because that's how we do. When the pressure gets to us, we start obeying God. And then as soon as the pressure eases up, we go back to doing what we want. That's not being made in the image of God. That's not being the copy of God. We we God needs us to be what we need to. Let me tell you how you live for God. Let me tell you how you live in the image of God if you want. You got to now begin to just love what God loves and forget what you love. That don't sound too good. But Brother Wood, you probably can testify this. If your health becomes an issue. And doctor says you got to change your eating habits. And so now you got to eat food that's bland, stuff you don't like. What are you going to do? It's up to you. You can just still eat what you want that tastes good, and you know what's going to happen. You're going to die. Or you change your diet and begin to like the stuff that's bland. Begin to like the stuff that don't have the taste that you are used to. And that's what I found out about God. If you will just begin to just do the things that God says and just do it because God said it and not because you like it, I think you're going to see some great things. And you're going to begin to say, I like this. After a while, right, Brother Wood? You like it. Now all of a sudden it tastes good. And somebody says, I eat that nasty stuff. Oh, you don't know. It tastes good. Why does it taste good? Because I started eating it. I started enjoying it. And now it's my favorite. Amen? If we're going to be the image of God, if we're going to be the copy of God, because we were made that way, then we're going to have to obey him and we can't be in the middle. And today we do him and tomorrow we do us and we're sharing the time with ourselves and with him. The last thing I'll say about that is, God loves you. Do you understand that God Put his hand on you. He put his fingerprint on you when he made you. God squeezed us, Shanae. He, he molded us and made us. He, he shaped us. And so he put his hand upon us. Everything didn't get, get God's hand upon them when he was creating. But we did. Everything didn't get God into your face. Breathing in your face. But we did. That tells you how much love he has for us. And so don't think that God is just all about giving you bland food. I said all that, but don't think he's just going to give you bland food. He know what you like. And every he's going to give you some stuff that you're going to like. Ooh, this is good. Don't think he's just going to, all of what God is all about is bland. I didn't say that to make you think God is bland. He's going to give you some good stuff because he loves you. But we have to make up in our mind, I'm going to be his copy. I'm going to be the way he wants me to be because he created me. God Almighty came down in the Garden of Eden. He put his hand in the dirt and began to form and mold and make man that would bear his image. God spoke things into existence, but with us, he molded us and put his hand upon us and breathe into us. God loves us so much that he's willing to put fingerprints on our life. I don't care what the devil try to tell you. I don't care how much hell you're going through. You're still made in the image of God. God will not give up on anything that look like him. God will not give up on anything that he has created. And so no matter what you're struggling with today, no matter what you're going through today, no matter how hard things are today, no matter what the situation is. God loves you too much. God has invested too much in you to let your life just be destroyed. I don't care what the devil is telling you today. I don't care what you're going through, what you're hurting about, what's your financial situation, what's your marriage situation, what's your children's situation. I don't care what the situation is. God has not and will not give up on you. You were made in his image and God is saying I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. You're made in His image. He's got too much invested in you. He wants you to walk around and everywhere we go, people are supposed to see us and see little Jesuses. They're supposed to say don't, don't Don't let that happen all the time. If, if those of you that have children that look just like you, he looks so much like you. She looks so much like you. Well, that's what Jesus want. Jesus want us to walk around and people say, my God, if God was present here on the earth, he would be like you, huh? Because you're his. That's what God is looking for from us. I don't want God to just occasionally talk to me. I want God to talk to me all the time. I want God to be with me all the time. I want God to work in my life all the time. God has formed Adam and Eve. He formed them in the garden. He's still forming us today. He's still forming us today. Now catch this. After forming us, after squeezing us and molding us, he breathed into us. When God breathed into us, we became a living soul. Somebody say living soul. And so that's when we became moving and breathing and living. Now this is important. Now I'm close. I don't have much more to go. So he breathed into us And we became a living soul. I want you to think about this. In order for God to breathe, he had to exhale and inhale. So breathing is exhaling and inhaling. And that's what God did in front of us. And we just became a living soul. Adam became a living soul. And so now we start living. The breath of God is synonymous to his spirit, as I told you. Adam was filled with God's spirit when God breathed into him and he made a living soul. Adam was filled with God's breath. That's why he became a living soul. Hmm. Going somewhere, right? Your soul was never supposed to be without God's spirit. All of us are a living soul. Our soul, which is inside of us, not this flesh, that's not who we are. Our soul, which is inside of us, is not supposed to exist without God's spirit in us. When Adam sinned in the garden, God's spirit went out of us. But God is so good at what he does. He says, I'm going to keep you breathing. But what I first breathe into you will not be in you anymore. You'll just have the life. So every living soul that is walking this earth, Without God's spirit, you're dead man and dead woman walking. You're not really living because you have a dead soul. Your soul is in you, but it's dead because God didn't create soul to be, a, be without his spirit. And so if God's spirit is not in your soul, dead man, dead woman walking, you're just existing. And so it wasn't God's will that his spirit was going to be absent from our soul. Adam was filled with God's spirit, and when that happened, he became a living soul. Your soul is not supposed to be without God's spirit. God's spirit is supposed to be in your soul, and your soul is supposed to have God's spirit in it. <laughs> There's things that we're we're seeking after. We we have this, we don't realize that there is this absence within our life that we can't pinpoint many times. Listen, relationship in this world is great because God says it's not good that man should be alone. But you can be in a relationship and still feel unfulfilled. And that's everything across the board. Marriage, children, siblings, doesn't matter. You can have relationship and still feel unfulfilled. And a lot of our unfulfillment makes us turn to different things. Addiction start getting the best of us. Drinking start getting the best of us. Drugs start getting the best of us. Uh, immorality start getting the best of us. All kinds of things gets the best of us because there's an absent with deep down within us in our soul you know what that absence is? It's God's spirit in your soul. It's that absence of God's spirit deep down in your soul. And you're looking everywhere to try to say, what's wrong with me? How do I feel better? Sometimes we think it's sickness. Sometimes we think all kinds of things is wrong. Why there is such a deep yearning and absence in our soul. But at the end of the day, it's because God, his spirit is not in your soul. Almost there. His spirit needs to be in our soul. And we're craving for so much and we're looking for so much other fulfillment and we're wondering why. Now let me tell you this. There's some of us, because we all think, alright, well I got the Holy Ghost, God's spirit in my soul. But I will tell you this. God's spirit can be in your soul. But if God's spirit is just in your soul and not reigning in your soul, whole different ball game. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, here we go, I'm there. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Somebody say one place, like we are right here. And suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. Mm. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Why am I bringing that up to you today? Uh, why am I reading that to you today? Because God is a God of provision when we sin, when Adam sinned, it means sin reigned on the entire universe of people that were born after Adam and Eve. And so all of us were born with a soul with no spirit of God in it. You were just born with your soul. It was empty from God. And so you were born as a dead man, as a dead woman. You were born with no life in you, just the life that moves you. You were absent from the spirit of God living in you. God knew it. And so God says, didn't I say I always wanted to be with you? Didn't I tell you I want I just don't want to have this relationship where it's do's and don'ts. By the way, can I tell you this? Relationship Julius, if you don't remember anything, remember this today. When there's relationship and people have to set up a whole bunch of rules to operate in it, there's no love. Love don't work like that. When you love somebody, you don't worry about a whole bunch of rules. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. No, 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 no. God didn't have no whole bunch of rules set up. He said he loved us and his love, his compassion for us drove him to do whatever he does for us. So if it's not love, then guess what? You're going to try to figure out a way to make it look like love and come with a whole bunch of rules. And so we're operating on a whole bunch of rules and calling it love. That's not love. Love is is, is what's in you. God in you, moving you and driving you to do the things that's right to make the person happy who you say you love. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry about that one. Messed you up a little bit on that. So because we were born with a soul that, that didn't have the spirit of God like when we were first created, God had to figure out a way. Not to figure it out because he knows everything. God had to make a way to restore what we messed up in the garden. That's what the day of Pentecost was. The day of Pentecost. All different kind of people were gathered around in a room just like this. Probably, I went in the upper room when I went to Israel, and and, and it wasn't that big. And so, uh, it might have been just a tad bit bigger than this. And so, they were gathered around in this upper room praying. And all of a sudden, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was that original breath that was in Adam. The Holy Ghost was the original breath that was in Adam in the garden before he sinned. Because when he sinned, that breath went out of him and he was just existing. Now we had to pray. Now he had to call upon the name of the Lord. If you go to Genesis chapter 4, it talks about when 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 Seth came then man began to call upon the name of the Lord because sin disconnects you from God and now you got to pray and ask. But when God is in you, he's supposed to reign in you. He's supposed to direct you. His hand will be upon you. That's what this is all about. When we hear people talk about the day of Pentecost and we're hearing about the Holy Ghost, people talking in tongues. We're getting all caught up. Oh, talking in tongues. That ain't right. That's back then and that's not for now and that's demonic and we hear all kind of stupid stuff when at the end of the day what language did God and Adam spoke in the garden oh y'all don't know cause I don't know either and who knows what that language was that they were speaking in the garden you can, you can think whatever you want but nobody was there but Adam, Eve and God but the day of Pentecost came And God filled the people that was gathered in the upper room with his spirit. You know what he did? Joined himself back to us. He joined himself back to us. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, God has joined you back to him, taking you back to the original place of where he wanted us to be anyway in relationship, which is together, which is connected together. That's what this is all about. And if we're going to spend eternity with him, we need to be connected with him. You don't need the Holy Ghost to just be in you, but you need the Holy Ghost to reign in you. God wants to reign in your soul. God wants to live in you. God wants to guide you and bless you and provide for you but we must seek after God and say God I was created in your image and I want to live up to my end of the deal. You don't have to live for God if you don't want to. But if you're going to live for him, you're going to have to live for him his way. The day of Pentecost wasn't for us to all be confused having discussions that some philosophical discussion. Well, what do you think that was all about? And, and that, was that, is that still for now? Man, we just... I told him Friday night that a lot of discussions that we have, I learned this, the Holy Ghost taught me this. I talked to a lot of people about God. And I know which way to go with God with them all the time. You know why? I know when people don't, just talking because they don't want to do what God say to do. And I know when people are talking because they really want to know because they really want to do what they want to do, meaning they want to do what God wants them to do. I know it. I can tell it in a second. I can start talking to people, and I can hear the philosophical conversation. They just want to talk because what they're trying to prove or talk you out of is, I'm not doing that. And so everybody's smart enough to just not come out blatantly. say that's crazy. I'm not doing that. So they try to talk you down or talk you around, and I just know in my mind, this person don't want God. They want God their way. They don't want God, God his way. I hear it all the time. And so at the end of the day, what it comes down to it, we just don't want to do what God wants us to do. We need to just start being real about it. I'm not doing this. I'm just doing what I want. The day of Pentecost was not just a regular happenstance. It was God rejoining us with him. It was God saying, you don't have to. Uh, seek after me to the place where you need to look for me because I will dwell in you. I'm almost there. The Holy Ghost will give you liberty. Liberty to worship God. You see a lot of times and I'm not taking shots at you but I just got to tell you the truth. When you have the Holy Ghost in you and you come to church and God is in the place it'll stir you and move you. I don't know why we come to church sometimes and worrying about standing and lifting our hands. I don't know why we come to church sometimes and afraid to clap. I don't know why we're afraid to sing out loud or afraid to just say Jesus I worship you. We need to get beyond ourselves because we can't be the copy. We can't be the image of God by just coming and just sitting here and not saying, God, I don't care what nobody else think. You made me in your image. i got to represent you and I'm going to show forth the praises of you that is in me. I'm not worried about what anybody else may do. I'm coming every Sunday. I'm coming every Thursday. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to sing unto the Lord. I'm going to give the best praise because I was made in his image. You didn't make me My mama delivered me, but she was just a vessel. She wasn't the one that brought me here. It was God himself. And because I know God got me here, I'm going to give him the praise. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to come to this place or wherever we may go and call a church congregation. Wherever I go, God will get the praise. God will get the glory. I will worship him. And I won't worry about what nobody else thinks. The Holy Ghost makes you worship God the Holy Ghost makes you shout. Uh, I can't hear somebody singing the the, the songs of God and just chill. I can't. I can't. I can't. If somebody's singing something about God, it moves me because God is in me. If somebody's worshiping God, it moves me because God is in me. I can't just sit still. Uh, I can't just be a looker owner. i got to be able to say, God, uh, I know you're real. Uh, When God is in you, when he's next to you, when he's in you working, uh, there's just something different about you. There's just something that you can't contain yourself because God it's It's just moving and ruling and governing your life I want the Holy Ghost to have dominion in my house, this house right here I want the Holy Ghost to have dominion in my house I want God to rule in my house I got one last scripture for you and I'm going to close Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and 29 Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 28. We like to quote this. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let me break it down in case you missed it. For, verse twenty-nine says, well, first of all, let's look at twenty-eight says, for we know all things work together. Did, did, Josephine said this morning, was Jesus life all peaches and cream? Did, did he go through stuff? Yeah. So, all things work together. When we're going through stuff, all things work together. When somebody going through, we like to tell them, Sis, you know all things work together for the good to them that love God. And when you start going through, somehow you can't quote that to yourself. Amen. Brother, you know, you and the will of God, all things work together. But when it comes to you, you can't tell yourself that. But understand, if you made in the image of God which you are, and you're trying to live godly, you're going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some challenges. Some 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 real struggles are going to come your way. But it works for the good. You know why it works for the good? He's still forming you. He formed Adam in the garden and he breathed into him and he became a living soul. And guess what? God is still forming us today. Our trials help to form us. Our situation helped to form us. Everything you're going through, you're complaining about it and worrying about it. But let me tell you, God didn't allow you to go through it for you to worry about it he made you go through it so you can be formed into the image of his dear son he's saying you're going through but it's to form you you're going through it's to make you you're going through so you can be exactly who i am how can you be like me if you don't go through like i went through how can you be like me if you don't experience some things i went through your situation is only there to form you don't, don't don't make it make you bitter. Don't make it make you angry. Don't make it make you upset. Just say, you know what? I am a child of God. I am the copy of God. I am in the image of God. What I'm going through is just to form me. To form me for whom he did foreknew. You know what that word foreknew means? Before you was even created, he knew you. He said when he foreknew He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Now I'm going to tell you something, and I hope I don't mess up your theory because I'm closing now. God Almighty, the invisible spirit that came into us in the garden, we lost that spirit when we sinned against God. But God was always a spirit. You couldn't see him. Couldn't see him. Tell My young man right here. You you, you couldn't see God. When when he created, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you know something more than anybody else in your school. Any place you've ever been, many people don't know this. God is a spirit and you can't see him. And when he created everything, he created by speaking it. With us, he allowed his breath to come in us. So it means that he was in our face. It means that he consumed us. And everything that God did throughout the Old Testament that you read, he did it as an invisible spirit. You couldn't see him. He spoke everything or he used people. You you couldn't see him. But if we would live the rest of our life not being able to see God, we would never really understand God or know God. So God always had a plan that one day, he had to show who he was what he looked like and so he had that plan way before he started creating everything that he was going to become a man that was visible that you can see that have a head two ears nose mouth just like you look and so what he did was one day he came through the birth process because he couldn't do it any other way. People say, how can the Virgin Mary? Well, it had to work that way because anybody that come into this world that wasn't born into this world, they are illegal. And God, even though he created everything, he did everything legal. He never broke the rules and the laws in order to do what he wanted. Everything he did, he did well within the rules, well within the law. But he came to the birth process as a man and was born into this world and we called him Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is not just a prophet. Jesus is not just the son of God. Jesus is not just a teacher, but Jesus is the almighty, invisible God who became visible. So when Jesus was walking this earth, he was the almighty, invisible God and still man at the same time. So what he did was he prayed like man is supposed to pray. He answered prayers as God. He walked this earth and did great things as Almighty God, but visible Almighty God. Now, when he did it in the Old Testament, he did it as invisible Almighty God. So Jesus is Almighty God. He is not two people. He's not three people. It's the one God that existed, always existed, that became a man. You never forget that. That will take you a long way, that the Almighty God became a man visibly, and there's not two and three of him. There's only one of him. When you hold on to that, no matter what challenges you get, trust me. Let me just give you a little explanation here in case the kids say to you, man, you crazy. Ask them why you are crazy. And you know what they're going to say? Well, how can? And that's where he said, that's where I got you. As soon as you start to ask me how can, then you don't know who the Almighty is because the Almighty can do all things. Soon as they want to know. How is that possible? Well, we're not talking about us. God says with man, it's impossible but with God all things are possible. So don't worry about how the almighty God got into the womb of Mary and was an an, an embryo and grew and was birthed and how does he still be God doing all that? Because he is God and he can do that and nobody else can do that. So if somebody wants to know how is that possible, just tell them go check with God. All I know is he is one, he is almighty he created this world and then when it was time for him to come and rest us. He became a man like us. Throw you the other piece. The only way he could have died for us was to become like us because the spirit can't die. Stand with me. We were made in his image. Tell your neighbor you were made in his image. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. God rejoined himself back to us. And today I'm here to tell you, you were made in the image of God. And it's time that we begin to live like who we are. We need to say, God, I was created in your image. It's time for me to live like who I am. The image of God. The image of God the copy of God. I'm supposed to live like God. I'm supposed to talk like God. I'm supposed to act like God. My soul was designed to be the house for His Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is supposed to be in me, keeping me, moving me, directing me, because He is the one that I want to have sole control of my life. I wonder if there's anyone here today who's ready for your soul to be connected with his spirit. Because you are the copy. You are made in his image. And God wants to be right there with you. He doesn't want you to be far away from him. He doesn't need you to be crying, Lord, where are you? Because he wants to be close to you, better in you. We were made in his image. We need to act like we were made in his image. We need to talk like we were made in his image. We need to understand that we are his people. He created us. We didn't create ourselves. If we're going to get the victory over this world, we make too much of this world thinking it's just that great. And all God is saying is, come on, my people, I've got greater in store for you. Why don't we trust God today? Why don't we realize that God wants us to behave like Him, want us to live like Him? Church is not just about coming to a place and feeling better about yourself when you leave, but church is a place that you're going to come to to get an experience with God, to grow in God, to know Him personally, and to be able to become like Him through the teaching, the preaching, and His demonstration. It's time. Anybody want to be like Jesus? Anybody want to be their true self? (laughs) Do you want to be your true self? Not be your imitating self. Because when we're not like God, we're imitation. We're imitation when we're not like God. But when we become like him, when we are in his image, then we become our true self.